Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Well, we're back to Jackson Jacks. I'm Tomorrow. <clears throat> Greg Pappas on the board, SB Futures. Down 50 cents. NASDAQ futures down 11. It's after another rally yesterday, mostly in the NASDAQ. Um, the big stocks. I don't know, Greg's opinion on are these things way too high or are they going to be the only stocks left in the, in the entire world? And if you don't uh, own them, you're not going to have anything. You're going to be left behind forever. Left behind forever and ever. Everybody will hate you. Your yeah, kids, will, kids will hate you. Yeah. Your wife will for sure hate you. Your wife will leave you. She'll leave you. Yeah. She'll take the kids, but you still got to pay. But now you don't have any money. All for not investing in the Magnificent Seven. Or you know what? I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna make a case to put Adobe in there. The Magnificent Seven plus Adobe. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, it's up again today, two twenty-five. I've got the the stack starting the year at uh, well eleven eight twenty twenty-two. Up nine for ninety-five percent. Um, I don't know. Three. Let's not exaggerate. 302 to 587. So, what is that? 99%? Not 100? <laughs> it's unbelievable because it just goes up every day. Yeah. It's, um, it's part of the Magnificent Seven now. Well, I'm not going to say so, but. Uh, it's the Chief Eight. Do we have Mr. Kevin? Good morning. Yeah, I am the eighth member of the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, you're the guy who didn't. didn't you were the guy where. What was the, the sign? Look at that guy. He looks really tough. He's got a scar on his face. He goes, We want the guy who gave him the scar. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, remember that line when they were recruiting <laughs> yeah. dudes? The uh, Remember Robert Robert Vaughn? Actually, there's an interesting story with uh, Robert Vaughn. We lived in Evergreen Park. And, you know, I had a decent house. With no, you know, nothing anybody would go crazy for today. It was just a decent, you know, three-bedroom house. And uh, we were, my stepfather got transferred to uh, South Carolina with Texize uh, Chemical. And, uh, of course, nobody wanted to move there, but... Uh, the idea was that they were going to move for a while and hopefully look for a job back here and not sell the house. Well, Robert Vaughn was coming to the Drury Lane to play at the Playhouse there. And uh, he didn't want to stay in the apartment they had there for the star. He was looking for a house. So he was going to, he was going to rent our house while we were hacking away down in South Carolina. As soon as I saw the red dirt down there, it, it just wasn't me, Kevin. I just it wasn't, I, wasn't for you, huh? No, I can't. I, I can't do red dirt. I don't know. I don't know what, what was the song that talked about the bright red Georgia clay? Um, oh God! I, I, uh, 
Oh, shoot. Greg will find it. Um, <laughs> maybe it's uh, uh, me and you and a dog named Boo or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was me and you and a dog named Blue, right? Um, so anyhow, he ends up renting a house from somebody else, some lady, and he marries her. So, <laughs> so is your mom pissed off about the missed opportunity? Was well, she, she? Well, she could have probably would have dumped Walt for Robert Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. He was low, but I mean, you know, Walt wasn't a bad-looking guy, but he wasn't, you know. No, he uh, wasn't the man from Uncle. He wasn't Robert Vaughn. Yeah. No. The uh, God was he? Was he an ass and bullet? Robert Vaughn, the character he played. Oh, I don't even remember. I just remember Steve McQueen from that. I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's it's it, not, not only is it it's a time capsule because San Francisco sort of looks the same. It hasn't changed. You pull into the Mount, Mount Hopkins and stuff, and the top of the Mark, or the top of the top of the Mark, the Mark Hopkins looks the same. Anyway, uh, the uh, one of the things I, I look look for uh, when we talk about these the magnificent whatever is. Uh, you know, earnings earnings can be fleeting because companies invest stuff. If they invest a lot, sometimes their expenses get high and the earnings get less. You can't really look at earnings in, in a growth company. Now, whether Adobe and Microsoft and these places are still growth companies, you can certainly have that debate. But the thing that always is like a warning sign for me, Kevin, is when, when stocks get to be priced at like 10 or 11 or 12 or 20 times revenue, especially if you're really big, because I don't know how you double your revenue. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't see how. I've got Adobe with with uh, 458 million shares outstanding. That's a lot. Revenues are 18.9 billion. And the stock's trading at uh, well, it's up, up again today. But I got it at 585. I made this calculation. So um, I've got it at uh, 11 times revenue. And uh, I, got, I got revenue of forty-one dollars a share. The stock's trading five eighty-six. So whatever that goes into is, um, it's even more. It's more like twelve or thirteen times revenue. And I got them at fifty fifty-one times earnings. Now you have to ask yourself: with a company that has eighteen billion dollars in revenue, how the hell how do how do they double? Kevin? I mean, uh. Because clearly, 12, 13 times revenue and 50 times earnings is not something that four years from now you're going to say, that's just great. <laughs> you know, I guess now people just run after this stuff, and as long as the market's going up, I mean, it's virtually impossible for one of these stocks with the market going up to not go up because there's such a high percentage of the ETFs. Now, the ETFs, I think, are a, tra- are a terrific invention. But you sort of have to be careful because when, you, when they tell you it's a stock picker, picker's market and you're supposed to you know have the good stocks and get rid of the bad ones and everything. If if I if I uh, actually I do have some money to put to work this week and maybe I will I don't know I'm a little reluctant to move up five days in a row. Um, but if I was uh, to put that to work today and throw a million in the market, I'm throwing five hundred at the magnificent seven, and I think a few of them are really too high. But there, but there's no way around it. Adobe is number ten in the Q's holding list at two point one seven percent. Who's uh who, who am I missing at eight and nine? Uh, Alphabet and Tesla. Okay, so te- uh, so the Magnificent Seven is Tesla's not in there, is it? Uh, Tesla looks like number nine right now. So what, Apple, what? Microsoft, Amazon, Nvidia, Meta, uh, 
Broadcom in alphabet is number seven. Broadcom, seven, wow, I forgot eight. all about them. But they're not, they're not considered magnificent, though. Well, I'm just looking at the queues. Well, that's, that would be top the top holdings. That's, that's going to be the top holdings so, of all this, though. Apple and Microsoft are 11 and 10. So those are the big ones. And then Amazon NVIDIA is um, 5.5 and 4.5. And and so. Microsoft is, went through, what, $2.6 trillion yesterday? Yeah. It goes up every day. Now, you either have to assume that Microsoft's going to own the whole world Yeah, so, or not. so Microsoft is literally like 10 times Adobe-ish. Yeah. There's a number. That, that is a number. There's a number. So maybe they're just a takeover so here's target. So here's, here's your question for any of these companies. Is do they have products in markets that are growing or are expected to grow rapidly? So does you know, and and can they innovate enough to ride that wave? Um, and some, you know, some, especially in the you know the chip manufacturers and so on, they they probably can. Anybody who is in uh, wireless uh, probably can because those markets, you know, have some stuff going on that's going to make it. You know that that's going to continue to grow, um, but and and so now I'd ask myself, is Microsoft going to grow? And you know, I mean, basically they sell operating systems and uh, office software. Well, they actually all kinds of software, but are, you know, is are they going? Are those markets going to grow? Is the demand for their products? You know, the is the the Microsoft Dynamics series for ERP systems and for you know accounting systems and so on? Are all those going to Grow and uh, in in what ways, and I'm kind of thinking, not. I don't think it really matters if they grow as much, because they're so dominant and entrenched that really, that really they can turn on more earnings just by raising the price. Not forever, though. I mean, at, at some point, you know, at some point everybody's using Windows. At some point, you know, and, and how many, you know, how much, how many more devices are going to sell that use their operating systems? They, you know, Office 365, um, or, uh, or, or even just, you know, they got so much money Microsoft they can Office. throw fifty billion dollars at OpenAI and not even care. Yeah, I understand. That. And yeah. so, and so, is, do they? First of all, is is that a huge growing market? Probably. Is that a? Uh, does Microsoft? have the expertise and ability to pull it off so they may have a vision there do they have the ability to pull it off and that's what you do when when you have Dan Janinas on what does he always talk about he talks about the management team um, you know so do they have the people to pull it off now like they did 20 years ago um, and, and I don't know the answer to that but that's you know those are the questions I'd be asking about every single one of those companies you know Apple used to be known as a great innovation company, I don't know that I would call them that anymore. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like, uh, I know, I know the price is on Mike is on. I'm saying, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that you two dudes have both given me, and one of you has given me an A exam, and one of you has given me an F exam. I don't know which one's which. The reason why I don't know that is because I don't yeah, know. Sorry about your F, Greg. <laughs> I, is, oh, is, man. <laughs> is, it, is it I don't know what, what I said to you before the test. If I was going to say, if I were to say, assume a competitive marketplace, Kevin gets the A. No, I didn't assume a competitive. I just said growing. You, you did, you, okay. You, what, what, if I were to say, assume 
a monopoly or a cartel or an oligopoly, Greg gets the A. What Greg's saying is, and I happen to lean with a couple of these companies, with Greg's answer, Kevin, sorry, is that as somebody who had, uh, you know, I've got all this stuff at work, right? You know, whatever, you know, PTI's got all the, all the crap. Well, I'm doing, the, you know, I do the stuff for the house in you know, my remodeling of my building and so forth. So I went out and I go, uh, I was, I, what did I get? Two months I got of uh, office something something free. And of course I had to pay the bleeps. 20 bucks a month or $18 a month or whatever it was. And I said, all right, I'll pay it. All of a sudden it's 25 hours a month. And I basically said, screw you guys. And I just bring the stuff down to work and do it here. And uh, I think that they are so entrenched that Greg is correct. It could be the last nickel anybody has. And you're so you're so into this stuff that you absolutely have to have it. Nobody's going to throw out their Excel after 20 years of using it. I think they pretty much are are uh, insulated by they can raise the price of whatever they want within reason. I mean, they can't make it 200 a month, but I think they, I think they, they can easily absorb any 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 problem they have. They're, they they have become the electric company. Well, except that you can in, instead of Excel, you can use. Uh um, Google Sheets, and you won't. They don't have, have any overhead, any, though. You don't have to pay any cash for it. Well, I'm, I'm saying they they are amazingly entrenched compared to utilities. I mean, their overhead is so much less. Let me let me let me argue it a different way here. Um, monopolies don't you know they they don't necessarily mean you're going to last forever. Um, take a look at Comcast for cable. Um, and there, there are other cable companies, sure, like Spectrum, but in the areas where Comcast has a footprint, they have a monopoly. Right. What's going on with that business? With that business? With that line of business right now? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll take their cash flow for another 15, 20 years. I'll take their cash flow for some uh, some amount of time, but it's going. It's it's falling, and and they know it. I mean, you can see their, where their strategy is going as a result of that. But they know it, and therefore they're, they're trying to move in a different direction. They're pushing wireless really, really hard. And, you know, so you want to get, you know, when, uh, how, when's the last time you saw an ad for uh, a, a bundle from an Xfinity bundle? I get, it, I, get them in the, I get them in the mail all the time. I don't think you do. Well, they want me to, whatever it is, they want me to get their stuff. Well, they'll they'll want you to get their stuff, but that you know that, and they're perfectly happy yeah. to to put up you know to accept the business for anybody who can't unplug yet. Whether you don't, whether you're like me, you don't really have good options yet, because I live in a rural area. I don't have access to fiber, and um, so I'm at least going to have Comcast internet. And as long as I'm there, I might as well pile on the. Uh, um, well, the, uh, we have a. Yeah, no, let me finish. I know, but I think we have Mike but, with us too. But, so if you, if you hear Mike's voice, he's okay. in. All right. But but when you uh, uh, you know when when you get enough wireless, and you're already seeing this, you're seeing you know PT Mobile, you're seeing AT and T. They're all you know saying, well, you can get our wireless internet now, and because they're you know in any area that's built out for five G, you can have that kind of bandwidth, the same kind of bandwidth that you bring into your home via the wire. And therefore, you no longer need the cable, and you can totally unplug from anything in the Comcast Entertainment. Does anybody, does anybody think um, two things? And I love giving you grief lightly, <laughs> as long as we've known each other. 
But is there something you're not telling us? Just asking. What am I not telling you? Are you have you become a tenured professor? No. All right. No, there ain't no tenure at a community college. <laughs> the reason why I ask is, the guys at the University of Chicago, you could always tell a tenured professor when they started talking about, like, a monopoly or something. They go, oh, you know, guys, don't worry. The hardest thing in the world is to maintain a monopoly, and in 25 years, things will be okay. And I'm thinking, okay for you. <laughs> you got a nice salary, and you're here. You guys how much money you can milk out of somebody in 25 years? I mean... It, you're, you're right. Well, I, you're, I, I, you're absolutely right. See, the problem is that clock's been ticking for a long time with with Comcast, and so they've moved what they're advertising now. And that's why I asked you what do you what kind of ads do you get? They probably figure you're probably old enough and stuck enough that you're not going to do. Actually, the now. ads I get now are from AT and T because uh, they now have a, a hard wire into the area, and they want us to switch that. They don't they don't have the cable. Okay, this is kind of kind of interesting. We actually have Comcast and Xfinity in the area, so there is a little bit of competition. Well, Xfinity is Comcast. Oh, what was the other guy? Uh, there's another one. What's the other one? Well, Spectrum's big, but I don't know that they're in your area. Oh, I send, I send the idiots to check every month. Comcast is Infinity, but there, there's another one. RCN. Uh, I don't know RCN. They're, they're your competitors. So actually, in my area, you do have competing cable companies, which at least the first year you can get cheap on the other guy, then you got to switch the other guy back. Uh... And, and AT&T now is putting a fiber optic in. They do not have a cable license, but they are selling uh, streaming direct TV, which essentially gets you to the same place. Yeah. So so now it's it's the other stream. But I, I guess from... But, but it, what, what Xfinity's really out there selling is voice. But it, it, one know, of the things... Because I, they, know, they know that it's one thing to get you for your telephone service, um, for your tax, your your voice, all that stuff, but uh, but that's not what they're really after. What they're really after is setting up so that when five G is rolled out in every area, that they are the positioned to compete with AT and T, T Mobile, um, and uh, and Verizon. Okay, but the other the other thing I have to um, push back on is you are you are our, our leading guy when it comes to systems. All right, and every time. I have a question about what I can do differently and better. You're the first guy I call. You know that. However, I think you sometimes underestimate how locked in these people are. I mean, uh, the PTI stuff Dan's been doing on, you know, Dan does everything here. So Excel and all the other stuff. There's no way on God's earth that he switches to Google Sheets the next time the FINRA auditors come in and sends him a whole new line of crap. It, it, it's not going to happen. You, there's there's no way that that a firm that has backed up has all the stuff like backed Microsoft's up. Sounds like Microsoft's a buy. Oh, I'm saying <laughs> it, but this is just one piece of what they do. I mean, they, they have been allowed to become monopolists in various areas. Some they've done on their own, and but there, there's really no competition. And there, there's not a firm anywhere, Kevin, that's going to say, by the way, Microsoft's charging us too much for for uh, Office, whatever, and we're, we're shifting to somewhere else. And, because this stuff all goes to other people. Oh, but there are firms because I converted one of them off of one and onto the other. I, I, I'm going to say this: it, it's probably not a smaller shop like us, and it's probably not a firm that's totally regulated. And the, the last thing you want to do is hit these people up with a different shed, set of sheets next month. I, 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 by the way, I wish I wish it was easy because I'd do it in a second. 
because I because I don't like the idea that these got me by these guys got me by the short hairs. Well, first of all, it's never easy. Yeah. So let's let's take that off the table. That's just not going to be um, conversions uh, by definition. They start out miserable and work their way down from there. Um, so it it is hard. But if you wanted to reshape your company, whether you do it with that or you do it with somebody else's product, it, you know it, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, but one my, of the my, my point is this: is that at some point, uh, if you look at Microsoft's growth curve, it's going to be flattened yes, out. I agree. I, th I I think they're you know right there. Well, I just said how, you know how much how can a dough be double? But one of the other one of the other and Kevin, I love your opinion on this and, and Greg's. If I was going to be a monopolist, the last thing I would do was want a big, expensive product because people are going to be at me like like jackals, right? I would want something like uh, Excel. N nobody, as, as much as you <laughs> rail about it or me rail about it on the show, that it should be twenty-five bucks versus thirty a month or whatever the hell it is. We're not going. We're not going to expend any effort. To change to save five bucks, it's. I'd much rather have that than something. The one I've been wearing, you know, no no issue for anybody. But I've been wearing contact lenses since I was seventeen years old, maybe sixteen, and I have been buying contact lens solution. And every time some new one comes on the market, somebody gets bought by Bausch and Lomb or somebody. There's like there's like two brands. Mr. Boston came on, and they, all of a sudden, everybody uh, optometrist loved it. You could only buy it through the the optometrist. It was half the price. It was better. All of a sudden, they're going. Somebody buys them, but you go in the on the aisle, and there's Mr. Boston. And I know Kevin that every time I buy one of these for twelve bucks, I know it should be eight. But for for how many years now? What am I going to do? Wreck wreck the counter? Shoot the manager? Or, or get a sandwich sign in front of the thing for for twelve dollars. I spend every six months instead of eight. I'd I'd love to have that monopoly because it's too small to do anything about. And yet there it is. Same way with I think Excel. I mean they're they're beautiful. I mean I mean does anybody you know what I'm saying it, when, you, when you talk about monopolies, it's a fascinating topic. We did a lot of study of that when I was in grad school. How about that for a bad for a, is, is which ones you really want? I mean I I want one. Where I can charge six bucks for something that really should be five, but nobody's going to challenge me for the extra buck. That's the those are the beautiful ones. It lasts for for decades because who's going to challenge it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Hey, by the way, the most egregious ex example of somebody buy, gobbling up a uh, a competitor um, was when Sarah Lee bought up Best Kosher Best Kosher Hot Dogs and then killed the brand. Um, you will never so, get me to so, eat anything so from Sara Lee again. So that Hebrew National could own that, uh, um, uh, own the mass market for uh, kosher dogs. You know, they had about a hundred and some people that worked were thirty sixth in Union in the city. They all got laid off. You won't yeah. get me. You won't get me eating anything from Sara Lee that I, if I know it's the name for just that yeah, reason. So, yeah, so yeah, Sara Lee's going on my poop list. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> futures up fifty cents. As they futures down six seventy five. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. 
Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 25 cents as their futures down nine, but we've got a little momentum going here. We had a little mutual fund buying again yesterday, just a little bit on the close. You can tell what happens on the very close with our mutual funds are. are, are piling in or piling out and they've just they haven't been doing much for a while and they're just coming back just a little bit Dow futures up 15 I don't really see any stocks here except in the Dow doing anything crazy uh, Nvidia's up nine one and a quarter stocks were really moving yesterday were Apple uh, was up a bunch and when Microsoft was up a bunch and they're both pretty quiet here this morning at least so far over in Europe uh, DAX down nine call that flat FTSE down one call that flat kick around up 10.1 percent so uh uh, boy, that's about as quiet as it gets. Over in Asia, these guys have been all over the place. Uh, the, the, the best one is Nikkei's down 105. That's 0.3%. Hang Seng down 101. So these guys who were going to break through 18,000 are now back down to 17,568. Shanghai down 4, 3,052, but hanging above 3,000. They dipped under a couple weeks ago. This is a good one, though. South Korea stocks have now erased more than half of the 5%. They went up Monday morning. When they said you couldn't short them anymore, so these little these little gimmicks that, that you're uh, on a government do to keep markets up—that's just what they are, is gimmicks. Uh, yesterday, uh, Dow was up 56, S&P up 12, Nasdaq was up 121. Though it's almost a full percent, it doesn't seem like much, but that's like the fifth or sixth day. So for it still to be going up, that's that's a lot. Uh, bonds, one basis point, 4.59. The Bund, down basis point, 2.65. Is they're trying to. It's kind of steadying into this 4.6 area, which is pretty far away from the 5 that we're thinking about busting through. Japan down 3 basis points, 0.85. Oil 
uh, down another buck, and I get a little 7628. I mean, who would have funk that with two wars going on? Brent down a buck, 8058 natural gas down two cents, 311 Bob down a penny, 215. We've got gold down again today, uh, down five bucks, 1968. So it's, it's not any danger of going to 2000 here, at least not this moment. Silver down 11 cents. It busted through 23 again on Monday. Now we're 2247. I don't know when that pattern's going to break, but maybe it never will. Uh, copper down, uh, copper unchanged, 367. We've got Bitcoin down 287, 35,337. We've got the U.S. dollar uh, up a little bit today. The euro's back to 106.7, kind of where it's been for a while. And the, and the pound's at 122.6. So we were down on the dollar, and now we're coming back up. Uh, Greg, what do you have for us? Traffic Weather Sports. Good morning, everyone. 635 in Chicago. we got 50 degrees here. 61 today, cloudy with a few showers. Phoenix, 60 degrees right now. So 79 today with a lot of sunshine, but not quite as warm as the past uh, week and a half. Traffic inbound Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange, 20 minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook, 42 minutes. Eisenhower from Wolf, 28 minutes. The Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 23 minutes, and the Stevenson, 294 to the Ryan is 26 minutes. Sports, Coyotes beat the Kraken at home. That was 3-4. to four. Is that the worst name? Well, I don't know about the worst. <laughs> that, but the... And it's then, uh, Kraken. let's see, we got DePaul lost to Purdue Fort Wayne uh, here at Wintrust. That was 82-74. to 74. And in the rest of the Big Ten, we got uh, lots of wins. Indiana wins, Michigan wins, and... That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. So, Kevin, what does it say when two teams lose to their, their schmuck opening games, DePaul and Michigan State? Do we have Kevin? Or did he mute mute himself? No, Kevin's still uh, no, there, I'm Tom. Unmuted. Good morning. I'm unmuted. Well, what do you think about uh, DePaul and Michigan State using their losing their first chomp game? I think it's Mike Murphy's fault. Yeah. I, why not? I, so, what, uh, Michigan State? He didn't State? do enough freelancing. <laughs> Not enough freelancing on the basketball court. That's darn right. Mike was, um, Mike was very famous. Uh, Tom, in it, happens, it happens a couple of times every year. Uh, and there's there's periodically a real eye-opener like Michigan State losing. Um, that, you know, it, it happens, but uh, you, you just, you know, you don't. We're talking different sports. Nobody now, wants guys. that embarrassment. Yeah. Well, James Madison is not, uh, you know, it's not a small school. And it's very competitive in football, and they're probably trying to do the same thing in basketball. Well, they've been in the NCAA's a couple times, basketball, I think, in the last twenty-five years. Sure they, they, they leak in, yeah. No, we're talking. We're talking. We're trying the same sport, Greg. It's called basketball. Um, so we got a couple things going on here. One is, I sent it to you guys last night. It's kind of the big story, but because we have Nancy and Otta, and they have mortgage rates because the tenure is backed off some. Mortgage rates have dropped from 7.86. We're here in this area; they've been eight, but that's pretty close. 7.86. They're down to 7.61. There was a slight uptick in uh, mortgage applications last week, although it's still a lot lower than last year. And I guess that's somewhat positive if you're going to be buying a place. But the thing I wanted to talk to you guys, you know, what do you make of this? Uh, I mean, clearly, I mean, we hit not clearly, but it seems like. We had Hal talking about it yesterday, and obviously Carl is all over it. Uh, this, the idea that some stocks, it, it's like you know heaven is here again, uh, and then the other, and the rest of the economy looks like it's, it's draining. At least in certain, if you cut the, 
the economy up in a, you know 20% increments, uh, a lot of those increments look like they're going the wrong way, even though some seem to be doing okay. Maybe one or two seem to be doing okay, if that. But this credit report that came out yesterday from the Fed was uh, credit card debts are now $1.808 trillion. And didn't we talk, was it a couple weeks, guys? Were you guys on we credit card rates are up like 4 or 5% in the last year? That they're like 24 now, they were 20 it's um, the rates have gone up a lot, and uh, so if you're talking about, say it's twenty percent, twenty percent of one point zero eight trillion dollars is what twenty twenty uh, two hundred billion dollars coming out of the economy for interest on credit cards. That's Ooh, kind of well, a lot. If that's if people don't pay off their credit cards. Well, that's they're saying the, the they owe one point zero eight trillion in credit card debt as of this month, the biggest monthly increase like ever. At the same time, uh, uh, the the delinquencies are going are shooting up. And so this will just make the delinquencies higher. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know. Are we are we in a death spiral on credit cards? Well, you know, it's it always. Uh, I won't say it bothers me. But a lot of stuff when people say stuff they don't think out bothers me. But people say stuff like you know people never uh, uh, you know all all families live within their means and governments don't. Well, you know that's. To a large extent, 90%, that's all BS. Because families have, they, they save more than government. I mean, if you know you're going to put kids through college, a lot of families will save for that. But those years are deficit years. I mean, everything doesn't match up, your expenditures versus your income. But let me just ask you guys, if, if most houses now, Nancy talks about all the time, when people get into a house, they need both incomes to carry the mortgage. And, and there's a lifestyle expectancy from kids that are going to school. I mean, you, you got to have books, you got to have clothes. I mean, if you're going to go to that school. And I guess the question is, if, if you end up with uh, one, of the, one of the two people who's laid off for a while, your expectations, and after all, this still is America, or tomorrow's supposed to be better than today. I don't know about whether it's actually been that way for a while, but it's supposed to be. How, how much, how long would it be before... You guys just said you, you try and maintain your lifestyle for kind of as long as you could. You know, within you might go through some savings and say that's why I have my savings for. You might, you know, buy buy the kids books or so forth on the uh, on the uh, credit card and have it help you if you have an emergency room event because that's the one you don't expect. I mean, nobody can nobody can handle that ten grand going on their credit card. But it's it's not like you know if if times are. We've, we've heard about people getting laid off in some of these industries. It's really not a surprise that some people try and maintain things for at least a little while while they're looking for a job, thinking they're going to get one. It's not like it's all that sinister, is it? I mean, if you, if you, if you take it to the huge extreme, yeah, but it, by and large, most people think it's a passing thing and you're going to pay them off, right? Uh, I think that's the common belief. Whether that turns out to be the practice is another issue. Well, I mean, I... If I get a credit card and, and, it, and I see something in the mail and it's a big rewards card, I mean, I've already got a couple of them, so I don't need any more, but the thought that I'm not going to pay it off every month doesn't even cross my mind. Yet, stuff could happen where all of a sudden i, I got a balance and maybe I should have checked the interest rate. I mean, I, I mean most people think they're going to pay it off every month. They, I don't think anybody, I, boy, I hope not, no, nobody says I'm going to run up a $100,000 bill and I'm going to be paying these, these, you know, these bumps twenty grand a year. I hope nobody's thinking that, are they? 
Well, I would hope not, but there's people who do that on every credit card, so I don't know what they what they really think they're going to do. Yeah, well, I mean, is, I wonder if the numbers are still... So so I suppose if you get offered the, uh, the six months no interest deal or something like that, if you convert your balances, then you go ahead and convert your balances. You think you're going to have a break here. You know, okay, but, you know, six months down the road, they find themselves with two credit cards carrying balances. Yeah. Well, one of my uh, buddies, well, before before the guys from the Fed don't come to work anymore, uh, they used to have a group of us, we'd have an adult beverage once in a while over at the, the series because they were right across the street. And one of the guys was saying, uh, do you, I said, How these, you know, I was always, I've always been a, a, a champion that these credit card rates are way too high. And the fact is, most states, I don't know if they do anymore, most states used to have usury laws. And our, our our Supreme Court that seems to lean towards business no matter what, have, always have not just these days. Decided what? How many years ago, Kevin? That if if you charge more interest from out of state, the state usury law doesn't apply. So the First National Bank couldn't charge you going back at twenty percent interest because the state usury laws in Illinois, I believe, were twelve. Yet, if they put a branch in South Carolina or North Dakota, and the bill came from there. They could merrily charge twenty percent, which I think is abominable. But the Supreme Court didn't ask me, um, so they've been kind of doing that for a while. But don't uh, most people the 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 jolt on a credit card is either a an automobile expense repair or a medical expense you didn't expect, and isn't that like usually the first thing that lands? But anyway, this guy from the Fed says to me, I, I said these rates are too high, and he goes, "Do you have any idea how, how much per year these guys write off?" on credit card debt. And I say, okay, I'm sure it's a lot, but let me ask you a question back. You know, never answer a question with a question. I said, if, if somebody goes out, if, if the Murphy family goes out and buys a real nice $10,000, I don't even know what a nice uh, <coughs> furniture set for your living room costs these days, say say twenty grand, you put it on a credit card. You know, why you would, but you do. And you're going to pay it off in six months. All of a sudden, something happens and now you miss a payment, and they hit you up with the payment, the, the penalty, plus your rate's going to go from, what, 18 to 24 to 30 to 30. So at the end of the day, by the time the bank writes off that, um, that account, how much of that money was actually the cost of the furniture? I said, I'm going to bet it's 25% at most. So it's not really, a, it's a write-off of a bunch of charges they put on top of something. Well, yeah, so there's two things. It's actually two write-offs. So uh, all of that interest that you've been taking to earnings all along has to get backed out of earnings, and then the balance gets backed out of loan loss. So it it is actually very trackable um, as to which one is which. Okay. So uh, obviously they're not on a they, – they, they give themselves the income before they get the check for the interest? That's, that's cool. Well, you, you, you book the income when you earn it. It's just like booking a, a you know uh, booking a sale when you have accounts receivable, unless you're on a cash basis. That's how the accounting works. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of and, and, and no, and because nobody's on a cash basis, you know the the gap on that is uh, is that you you book the sale when and and you the opposite entry to it is the asset, which is accounts receivable, and that's essentially what the bank's doing. It's interest income. Um, when, you know when it's incurred, and then um, uh, and then the uh, you know you have you have to have loan loss reserves both for 
the uh, backed out income and for the balances, but those are separate accounting entries. Um, I had some accounting back in the day, so I, I know of what you speak. I think when somebody stops paying, I'm stop. I'm going to stop charging, uh, taking that interest income. Just saying. Well, you don't oh, yeah, know how long they're going to stop paying, Tom. I mean, how do banks, me you know, measure that? I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. But it's a. I mean, you 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 know you know what I'm saying. At some point, yeah, that, I used to manage credit yeah. card operations, so I you know I, I get how that works. You know you know you you know what you made me think of Kevin when you said that is a uh, credit default swaps. No, Mike's going to say, what in God's name is he talking about there? But that's what these firms did back in the uh, 2007 8 fiasco, is they would sell a, uh, essentially an insurance policy on, a, say, an Italian bond for a million bucks to somebody and say, gee, our, our, our uh, algorithm says that's only 500000 We just made a mil or half a mil. And they were getting bonuses on it. And it turns out some of those bonds didn't get paid, and they got stuck with them. The guy from uh, Merrill Lynch that had left Merrill Lynch right before they got bought by whoever, he walked away with huge bonuses based on that, and they never got it back from him. So, that, that, so you got you sort of have to go too far when you start taking taking stuff to income that might not come in the door. I guess is my is my point. How well, you do? It, yeah, it's got to be risk rated, and it's like selling options. When the when the examiners <laughs> come in, and the examiners take a look, and they say, "Well, you better write that one down if if you haven't already." You know, they, uh, as they go through the books. So that's yeah, that's how it works. If you know, Greg said it's like selling an option and, and figuring it's going to go out worthless, <laughs> taking it to income mentally. <laughs> All of a sudden, oops, didn't go out worthless. Uh, hey, Mike, we got a few minutes. How about catching us up on uh, with all the stuff going on? Uh, seemingly, uh, well, first of all, the Ukraine war is surely on the back burner. Uh, the Israeli thing looks like uh, we're trying to get a ceasefire to get some people hostages out of there. So that's kind of in an, at least some negotiations going on. But catch us up a little bit on Ukraine since nobody's even. Uh, and, and what did you think about that thing uh, Lou sent out about the firm? We're, we're going to try and do some stock of the day here pretty soon because Greg wants to get into it. And by the way, Greg picked some pretty good stuff. Um, some uh, Luke sent an article out about a firm. I think they're a subsidiary of Lockheed. I'm not positive. Uh, some a much smaller, smarter, uh, like interceptor of uh, you know whatever rockets the uh, you know the Hamas has and stuff like that. So something like the what do they call it? The Iron Dome would be a lot cheaper to do. I mean. He said there's a lot of those companies around developing some of this stuff. Uh, it seems like they're all hooked up with one of the bigger ones, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, um, I would say so, yes. But I don't really know you know, that aspect of the business. As a matter of fact, I thought the interceptor stuff that Israel was doing was Patriot-related, but it's not. It's the aero system is Patriot-related. That's, you know, the Israelis, I think, have renamed the Patriot system the aero system. And then the interceptor, they've developed themselves. Okay. So uh, it's just... <laughs> and then, uh, well, the Ukraine war is essentially at a stalemate, although, you know, Iran and China are helping the Russians, as you're well aware of. So the Russians are not hurting for ammunition anymore. And uh, Ukraine needs to establish some sort of air superiority. 
that's where we always have an advantage. Uh, you know, the U.S. doesn't, you know, start mounting attacks until we actually have air superiority. Well, unfortunately, Ukraine's never had it. So, you know, that's made their offensive very difficult. And, uh, and now, you know, we're up to 40 attacks in Iraq, and we're still not really doing much about it. So, 40 attacks from who to who? Uh, 40 attacks from various militias that Iran sponsors on U.S. forces in both Iraq and Syria. Well, let's, let's so, start, let's start from the beginning. How, how many how many people do we still have in Iraq? I know Syria is kind of an ongoing thing, but Iraq has been off. That's not even I think back we page. have roughly 5,500 in Iraq, and I, I think we have about 3,500 in Syria. Where where are the people in Iraq, and what are they doing? I mean, I, I'm really supposed to be doing. They're probably doing uh, training and support, and they're they're obviously at the embassy also. But um, there's a graphic that uh, actually I've seen Fox use, and I think MSNBC uses it also, where there there's troops scattered throughout, really a, through a lot of uh, northern Iraq. They're, they're at air bases. They're at different bases throughout the country. So we didn't exactly leave, like allegedly we did. No. Well, no, we... There was, there's always been a cap on the number of forces, and I believe the cap was 5,500. So you're right. We didn't actually leave, but they did put a cap on the number of forces. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm guilty since... You can't find an Iraq story. Well, maybe you could if you look for it, because you seem to know. Uh, what what exactly is going on there? In, in thirty words or less, I it's mean, it's just militias. You know, Iran-sponsored militias attacking U.S. forces. But who? And, uh, but who's who's running know, the country? They're lobbing missiles at bases, or they're you know they're doing small attacks on bases, and you know, and we are essentially not retaliating. Well, so. who's but who's running the place? I mean, who? Who makes the, who has the garbage picked up? Who makes sure the power gets done? I mean, is is the place another just a big Syria, or is it somewhat working? No, I think Iraq is somewhat working with just local government of some kind. Well, it's there is a national government also, um, and you know we helped put them in place. I don't know. I don't think now that you know we uh, we meaning the U.S. has much to do with them. But, uh, you know, we did establish some sort of normalcy in Iraq before we left. At least we tried. And and now I don't think that normalcy has been threatened. It's just militias going after U.S. forces. And essentially, you know, northern Iraq has governed. Well, I'm not sure how Iraq is governed anymore. So, Well, but, but it's they're not strong enough. To, they're like Mexico. They're not strong enough to deal with the, the gangs. They, they can't. They're not. They're no, not. That's, gonna, they're that's not probably gonna, an accurate statement. And then southern Iraq is Shia dominated, so th- that's part of the Shia crescent that I have talked about before. And those guys kind of are with Iran to a certain extent. Yes, but the, but exactly the individual right. people, nobody wants to live for those like with like those people in Iran with those guys in charge here, do they? No, I don't think so. But you know, the Shias, you know, they're not playing with a full deck, so. Uh, it, so you know, Shia-dominated societies uh, are—it's—it's it's just another type of theocracy. Yeah. 
Where, where, if somebody wanted all this kind of information, where would you get it? Where, where do you find yours? Oh, I just read the papers. The Economist is always good. You know, different uh, Epic News is good. Uh, there's different uh, places that are. Uh, the London papers used to be good at this, or they dropped off too. No, the London papers are still good at it. Why? Why aren't ours? Why? Why? Why, why did we decide to? They just. We just think nobody. Well, I just interested? don't think it's. Uh, you know, they they've probably cut back, and you know, they they don't have. Uh, it's it's not uh, news to American people, I guess. I guess the Kardashians and. You know, different people like that are more important. Well, I was actually talking to one of my buddies last night, an older gentleman, and uh, he was saying, I can't do these local news. I said, you know, Bill, I, I honestly believe, this is not a shot at anybody, that they've made the determination that people don't get their national news at 10 o'clock anymore. You've already got it by then, and they just do a bunch of local stuff and have a good-looking weather girl and do sports, and that's it. I mean, I, there, there must be a, a reason for it. There's no... There's, no, there's nobody out on the streets doing any kind of a real reporting anymore. I mean, is it, Kevin, do you think it's just cost-based or they're just they're, they're giving people what they want? They, they, you know, people have had enough of national news by 10 o'clock or something. I honestly don't know. I don't know the industry that well. Well, I don't know because I don't watch a lot, of, a lot of it anymore anyway because, uh, you know, I'll read. I, I absolutely will read. But, I, um, uh, but what, you know, watching is just, it, it just pisses me off, so I don't do it as much. And um, I think it is more cost-based than anything else, Tom. Yeah, I think it's cost-based. In many cases, though, I think it's also ideology-based. Um, that there is a uh, there's a reasonable dose in there of saying, um, you know, what's going to make my side look good and the other side look bad. And that's why I say it just annoys me because you can you can pick you can pick conservative news or liberal news. It doesn't matter. One's going to uh, uh, one's going to you know it's going to drive you nuts and. Well, you're not you're not listening to the uh, and maybe rightfully so, like the Chicago ten o'clock news at night, where people that was the news. There's none of that on there. It's it's all just what went on in the city, city council, the sports, the weather, and you know if, if there's been a car, car crash or something. There's none of that on there. Yeah, and I I, I think you're right that it's um, you know that they probably abandoned national news. Uh, on, the, on the occasions that I have seen the uh, South Bend local news, because that would be my local station, occasionally they'll go on with a, a brief report um, about um, you know about a national news story, but they really don't hit hard on it at all. Well, we only got a couple of minutes, but I'd love I mean, it. if well, they're going to do an in-depth, it's going to be um, you know consumer stuff. Okay, yeah, well they'll, they'll do that. But I, the three of you guys, uh, yesterday uh, you know Hal talked for a while about. You know the, how the some parts of the economy are starting to hurt, and some aren't. And we see we look at the market, and we see you know I mean I, I would look you know I don't know anything about the management of these places, but we manage money from a lot of people that have UPS stock. God's sake, the stock's down. What is it? 60, 65 hours in like two years. It's lost like you know forty percent of its, and yet these other companies. Part of it is is the phenomenon with the indexes that whenever you buy an index, you're buying the stocks, even though you don't may not even want to. Uh, is is there a collision coming here somewhere between federal debt? Now it appears to be personal debt. Uh, some of these stock prices, some companies doing lousy. I mean, uh, this this WeWork place. What kind? Of, how much? How much stuff do they own in the city of Chicago? 
that, that uh, uh, you know, it, it, all of a sudden they're, they're going to be bankrupt. And the, the the building that Jan and I were talking about yesterday, or on Monday, it was sold for, what, $45 million, Greg, after being 118 in 2014. And the, and the, and the mortgage is, is 88, and the price was just 45. I mean, is this, is this, are we going to be able to just keep blowing this stuff downstream without having anything... Any problem with it, or one of these days, are we going to have a problem? I, I don't know what that day would even look like. I think we will have a problem. I don't think we can just keep blowing it on downstream. But how we get? What, what's the problem going to look like? What's the solution going to be, and how are we going to know it's coming? Because I'd love to know the day before it happens, so I could get all my people out of stock and buy puts or something. I think it's going to look like two thousand eight and nine. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am not optimistic at all on the economy. I, I, I can't I, I, I I'm I'm here early and I second that. Oh Russell, wow. I totally yeah. agree yeah, I totally agree with that. So that's really funny. Well, I, mean, I just, all my thunder for the next hour. No, that's, that's I, I just I just talked <laughs> I just talked <laughs> over you for the heck Russell, of it. Russell Rhodes signing off. <laughs> well yeah I just the, the thing is I, I can't figure out by the way I happen to agree with all you guys, which you're not supposed to do on radio, mm-hmm. but I mean I just don't know I mean I don't I don't think the credit card debt can go to four trillion. I don't know that the, that the federal deficit can go to ninety trillion. What, what's what's going to happen on the day where somebody says enough? I, I I thought people would have said it by now, but they sort of haven't. Well, the feds certainly aren't going to stop it, you know. And and well, and Biden or Trump or whoever wins will just keep spending money. Congress puts no limits on themselves. Well, that some seems to be the case. Mike, thank you very much. Your input with stuff as usual is good. Kevin, I think we uh, we, we jousted a little bit, uh, but we brought up some pretty good ideas with it. I mean, what are monopolists? Yeah, well, what I, I think we teed up uh, we teed up Russell for uh, his. Yes, his we did. He's, he's all fired up. I, we, we talk some gloom and doom here. Is, is the well, see, and, and actually, I, I got on early because Kevin, I'm going to be in uh, South Bend at the end of the month, and there is a research project that I need to talk to you about. Oh, okay. Uh, and I know this is the most appropriate place to bring that up. Well, <laughs> let me let me do this. Uh, let me uh-huh. chat you my cell number. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Right here in, uh, and and we'll go to break. You guys, what are you guys, you guys, are, you'll connect. You'll touch base. You'll reach out. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you do that stuff. Good lord. SB I just, I just up, like hijacking the show. Oh god, SP Feeders up three. Nancy Feeders up three. Thank all you guys. Right back with Mr. Russell. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Greg Pappas on the board. SP Fuse up 375. NASDAQ up 4 to market. It is some... Some momentum here. I think there's some mutual fund buying. I think people feel that 
November is a great month. You just got to sort of have to get in and and people want to buy when markets are going up and they sell when markets are going down. I'm not so sure that's the long-term strategy that people should have, but that's kind of what they do have. Uh, Russell, uh, how are you? We know he's here somewhere. Well, I'm here. I'm here. Are you? I'm out at O'Hare, so I was muting myself. Um, what, are you, um, what are you doing hanging around I'm at O'Hare? I'm going to, I got to go, you know, you know where the new uh, center of the financial world is, don't you? It's not New York and it's not Chicago. It's Miami. And um, I'm going to Miami for, uh, for for a few meetings today and then coming back this evening. Well, it seems um, like that's what it is. What's happening. A, they, have a month, they have a monthly like hedge fund happy hour that, that brings in about 200 people now wow. down in Miami. They, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you how this happened. Uh, and I believe I've talked about this before, but um, a few years ago, the Option Industry Council, the OIC, was down in Miami. It was actually at one of the Trump Trump properties when he was still president. Probably the Doral. Um, he owns the Doral, yeah, doesn't the, he? Yeah, it was the Doral. Yeah. And the the mayor of Miami was walking. Uh, he, he, he registered on his own dime, or on, you know, probably on the city's dime. But he had registered, and he would go from person to... He basically walked up to anybody and everybody. said, so where are you guys based? Um, would you ever think about relocating to Miami? And yeah, th- I think that's part of why Citadel is down there now. I, 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 he, he went out, and, you know, and, and he made a business case for people to move their businesses from New York and Chicago... I do think COVID um, accelerated that, that that trend, but there, you know, if I were coming out of college today and I was looking for you know, a, a more of an alternative investment type of position, man, I'd be looking at I, I'd be looking at Miami and Chicago definitely before New York, just because New York is so expensive to live in. But you know, it, it, it everything's changing, man. <laughs> so this is my third time in Miami this year for business meetings, going to see clients and stuff. I've never, I've never been a fan of the place, to be honest with you. But it, yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons. Um, you know, I don't, I don't go out, and I'm, I'm not, I don't even know where South Beach is down there. Um, but you know, it, the, the weather's a bit better. Um, yeah, you know, it. All the office buildings are brand new. Uh, the downtown is, is actually the area that everybody seems to work in is very walkable. It's not, you know, it, it, it's not Don Johnson's Miami Vice Miami anymore. Well, we went down for a couple of uh, option shindigs down there, and we played at the, actually, we stayed at the Doral and, and, uh, uh-huh. before it was totally redone and played on the golf course, which is a great golf course. Boy, tell you what, <laughs> they, they give it. They, they they give you your own rake in your cart because <laughs> there are so many sand traps. And, that's, that's funny. And uh, it, it had to be 95 degrees and humid as hell. And uh, our former chairman, Alger B. Duke Chapman, got through nine uh-huh. hole, got through nine holes and he said, "Screw this, it's too hot." And he quit. I, I finished the 18. I was dying. I mean, it was it took six hours. It was one of those. So everybody was playing. But, but the most fascinating thing is the Doral. The, well, the, the place and the golf course is right on the landing pattern to the airport. Yeah, and and, and back in those <laughs> and back in those days, yeah. this was this was late nineties, was probably my last year on the board. Uh, every kind of plane, you know, you, you don't see those at O'Hare. I think the only places in the country maybe they can land are probably Miami and maybe Kennedy. These guys are coming in in DC threes, old seven oh sevens. You know, basically, you know, the, the joke with the you know the mustache on the airline. Those 
those are the yeah. things that are those are the things that are landing, and I'm going, that's a DC three for God's sake. And the things in the pattern, you know, at whatever 100 miles an hour, everybody else is coming at like 200. Somehow or another, they accommodated them. I'm going, not wow. Miami Vice is not all that wrong. When you, you see all these yeah. people coming in, I mean, I could see those guys, you know, dropping the drugs off in some lagoon before they before they hit the landing pattern or something. But uh, the derail. Then, of course, we had the obligatory fire alarm in the middle of the night, so we had to head outside. Of course. But uh, yeah. we did a a little uh, what do you call it? A, a t- little taxi cab type thing, little boat in the harbor, and oh. it was going by uh-huh. all these cruise ships and everything. And all the banana boats coming in and stuff. It was pretty fascinating. Miami Harbor is pretty wild. I mean, uh, oh yeah, and, yeah uh, there's a lot going on down and there. And we did go and to South Beach. We went to uh, Gloria Stefan's place. Remember that name? Oh. She she opened up a place there. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank God we. It was like a big house. And we're we're eating. Yeah, like I, I, actually, I I I know where you're talking about. They they I think they used the same place when I went. Well, for they, the, yeah, for the offsite thing, and but, it's kind of cool. But then all these guys yeah. are are eating, you know, outdoor eating. They're eating on the sidewalk. We're all like the bums all buying and stuff. And and, yeah. and, and we walk. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I don't want it. But then we walked by. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it was it was right after he got killed. But the place was still his. We went by. Uh, uh, was it Johnny? Was it Versace's place? Versace's place. Yeah, Andrew Canaan got him. Yeah, but the uh, whatever that, <laughs> that was a story, huh? He killed. He killed a few yeah. people here, didn't he? He did. He, he didn't kill a few people yeah, in Chicago. He, he, he killed. He killed a guy around the corner from me. Well, I, I lived at Dearborn and just north of State back there. Or not. I'm sorry. Dearborn and State don't even intersect each other. No. Um, Dearborn, twelve about twelve hundred North Dearborn. But he was. Uh, I used to live right up there, and what, he was the guy was a block away from us. What, what was his uh, boy? Just now we brought up the name. He was. Uh, yeah. Was he? Was he? Was he gay? Was he anti-gay? What was he? He started. Uh, he started think, Minneapolis, right? And he killed somebody yeah. up there. Kill a few, but he went all the I, way to Miami, I killing gay people. I think he was just a very confused person. Now you know, if if he had gotten the proper attention and care um, when you know when he was a youth and maybe been allowed to transition, maybe he wouldn't have turned into the monster that he did. Well, I mean, he boy, am I touching a bunch oh, of? Oh yeah, I just was. Right I mean, there. I know he <laughs> he killed people in the gay community all in Versace. Was gay. he did? Now was he it did. because? I he was gay I, and didn't like I, it, or he didn't like. I mean, I don't. I don't know what the whole story was because he ended up dead, right? They shot him in the car. I thought. I thought he was like. So my oh goodness gracious, here, here, here's Aaron the Rhodes family dirty laundry. Um, my, uh, my, my, one of my grandfathers uh, decided that he liked boys better than girls at some point after, uh, you know, after being married and having a couple of kids. And he would always have these, and, and he did fairly well. And he would always have these young guys hanging around his house, and that's what I always pictured with um, Andrew Cannon. Was he was like a hanger on for uh, okay. Versace, who was really rich. That's I feel like he was like the pool boy. But I mean, he, he, like he just shot him coming out of the house. They'd never met. Yeah. Well, I thought I I can't remember. Whatever, I'm I mean, old, and I've got you know, and I've got brain damage now. Um, but there was a big so string. There was a big string all the way down to Florida, and he killed people all the way down. Yeah. It was, and because he had done something in Chicago, and I mean, he, my, my my best friend in Chicago is this guy from uh from um, Overland Park, um, yeah, not Overland Park, um, down from Bur- from Beverly, and his mom is typical typical Southside Irish, you know, and she was fixated on that stuff, and she was convinced that Andrew Cannon was really an alien. Um. Well, in some you worlds, know, you know, she was great, crazy Irish. You know what I mean? Some worlds, uh, there, there's a few of those, and I knew a few of those. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm just saying. They, they, yeah, yeah. Every every block has one down there. I I know that, and I didn't even grow up down there. Um, so you were talking <laughs> about the news thing, which is really cool because I I had a big thought of something I wanted to talk to point out this morning that nobody is pointing out. Um, yeah, and you 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 noted that oil is under eighty now, um, and I. I I think the fundamental reason for it is I think the world is I think the world economy is slowing down dramatically. I, I, that's that's one of the indicators that you look at, uh, and I don't think that GDP that high GDP number was was one hundred percent correct, but we'll see that on the the revision. Um, but you've you've got two things that are influencing oil right now. Uh, you've got the conflict, and you've got the global economy. And you know, if, if the global economy is doing really, really well, and and you know, I even I, I popped in and said I agree with the 2008, 2009 scenario. I really do right now. Um, and I think it's it's going to be led out of Asia instead of led out of the U.S. But keeping an eye on oil and it not doing what it should be doing with the conflict in the Middle East, I think is a, a, a big old red flag with respect to the, um, the global economy. Not necessarily us, but the global economy, and really specifically China. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. But, but I, um, I, you were talking about the, the news thing. Um, so remember, we, we, we decided that we would start uh, getting some oil from Venezuela a few weeks ago, remember? Yep. Do you know what it was contingent on? Um, you know, I read it by fair and free, fa- instead of fooling you, a fair and free elections. So they had an election two weeks ago, and they just decided to null and void those results because the opposition won. Are we going to stop buying oil from them? Or wait, are we just wait, wait, wait a minute. Oil from- so you know, you're, you're not you're not you're not sneaky enough. They had the fair and free election. They didn't say they had to abide by. They it. had the election, and 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 he can say that you know when he if, if Biden ends up being the nominee. He can get up at their convention and go, we allow, you know, they had the first fair and free elections in Venezuela and, you know, 15 years under my watch and not explain that it really was more about getting the price of oil down, but also that, yeah, they had the fair and free election, but that, but, but they negated the, uh, the results. Well, I mean, <laughs> so you are right. You are right. But they, nothing said, enough says you got to abide by him and Trump didn't want to abide by him. Mm-hmm. No, just, just I mean, why, why? Why should if you don't want to do something, why should you do it? Yeah, I mean, it's everybody should just do what they want to do. Well, you know, it's uh, one of my buddies. You know what I'm talking about? So I, won't, I won't use the name. Uh, used mm-hmm. to be, used to be vice chairman, played football for Michigan. Uh, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? We had some one of the discussions like <sighs> you and I are having, and first name is Mark, and he's a real smart guy. And he, we were talking about some elections. This, we've not known the guy forever, so it might have been like in Egypt or someplace. Uh-huh. And he says to me, Tom, you know, what a waste of time. And I go, what do you mean? He says, hey, if you don't have the Western European, U.S., whatever you want to call it, Western civilization, DNA, where you can, if you lose the election, you actually leave, and you become the loyal opposition, try and figure out what you did wrong, and then the next time you try and win... If you don't yeah. have that, if you don't have that DNA, that you actually, if you lose the election, you congratulate the other guy and walk out. Because what's the point of any of this? <laughs> There's, if if that's not what the what the mm-hmm. people believe in and how things should operate, it's just a total waste of time. And, and, I'm, no, absolutely. And, and absolutely. having an election in Venezuela is a total waste of time. I'm just saying. Yeah. I you know I'm, I'm, it's a pretty harsh thing to say, but. 
Nobody's no, going. You're, you're. I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, you know, if, if you don't, I mean, here our, our our law is, I think the way our justice department works is really bleeped up. But when I say that, I have a vision of what it ought to look like, which I think matches what just about everybody thinks it ought to look like. Going back to the Magna Carta, for God's sake. I mean, we mm-hmm. we have a history of that. You know, I think, right? Oh no, we most definitely do, and. I, uh, I, I'm I'm getting ready to open a nasty can of worms here, but my understanding is when we got our first set of laws, the Constitution, there truly was an intent that it would be um, that the, that there would come to some point where it needed to be updated. And a part of me is wondering if if we're reaching that point. I uh, it's been and, 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 but the the problem is, <laughs> I don't know how you figure that one out. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> actually, this, to get people to agree on anything. But you, but you don't alone a constitution. I, you've got uh, well, other stuff to do, so you don't listen every every day. That's been one of my themes, really, for a long time. That at every level of government here, we need a constitutional convention. And now, when, when you yeah. do that, you end up you open up a whole can of worms. Now, here here's where I am. So critique me on this, professor. Here's where I am, in, basically, in our, our U.S. Constitution. Um, two two things is that I and, and, and there's going to be people you know usually from the from the the right not always these guys you don't know, anticipate it all that I think one of the most amazing documents in the history of the world you know maybe is is the U.S. Constitution and, and mm-hmm. one of the, one of the reasons for it is that those people most of them came I'll use the term came from every walk of life I wouldn't say half of them yeah. weren't crooks. Or had some smuggling background, or new smugglers, or new something. We, we we didn't go get just just the, the the people who thought they were purer than Pharaoh's wife. They they were regular no. people in the room, and they and they knew the emotions of regular people, which don't change. That's why I would encourage everybody to read, even though they're boring as sin, two or three like Greek tragedies or some Greek plays, because you'll find out that people have never changed. The same emotions, the same stuff mm-hmm. was was thousands of years ago that it is now. So, but there's a couple of things that I don't think they could possibly. Now, people will actually argue with this me with this, which I think is pretty stupid on their part. But uh, they, they, I don't think they could possibly have anticipated uh, th- the elections being influenced by people outside the district. I don't. I don't think they w- they could have anticipated that. I mean, uh, I don't think in their mm-hmm. world and in the the idea of a of a U.S. corporation. In, in their mind, you had 435 people essentially in Congress, right? Well, actually, 535 in the Senate and in the House, right? Then you had an executive branch and you had the judicial branch. So you and I, we could be the biggest fleasebags on earth. By the time we get to Congress at age 30, with the back and forth, back and forth, you know, the travel and everything else, maybe most people are croaking when they're 45 or 50. There's no way on earth that you and I could, we might get. Ten other people that we bribe with booze or whatever on our sides is a way to like take over the place or influence everybody. But even with, how's this going to sound for? Even with my incredible personality, <laughs> there's no way I could pull it off, right? And your good looks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm just. But now, the, one of the biggest, biggest and best inventions in the history of the world, I believe, are, is the corporation, because. Mm-hmm. You can you can t- uh, you can take personal risk out of it and blah blah blah. 
However, the fact is corporations don't die. And they've gotten awful big. Yeah. And you could conceivably... I mean, Commonwealth Edison has been pulling the same crap for a hundred and some years. Well, you and I couldn't do that, right? Chief, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but corporations are people. Oh, yeah. The Supreme Court says yeah. they're people, too. They are people. Yeah. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Greg. Good point. Uh, but what I'm saying is, those two things, I don't think those guys could possibly have anticipated. Now, how you fix it, or whether you have to fix it, or whether the fix is worse than the disease, I don't know. But I do know that there's mm-hmm. no way they could have anticipated that. That the, that the same Tom Howe who was screwing around with people in 1940 somehow was still screwing around with people in 2020. I mean, they just they couldn't have anticipated that. No, nobody's that smart, right? So, right. So, I mean, right. the, the idea that, that you could have, a, you know, a, I'll pick a name, a Pfizer, a Merck, uh, certainly a Lockheed, a Boeing, that is able to get to every single person. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say get to, A, has the ability to stuff money in every single one of his pockets, and by the way, they never die. They're going to be here forever because we just we never they just keep getting bigger and bigger. I don't I don't know how a regular person can deal with that. I don't see how if if I run for a representative, well look what happened to Karen. You know, Karen Reese. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that she she came in third, but she was real close to the person who was in second. But Jesse's kid, two or three weeks ago, got a million and a half dollars from uh, the guy who's going to go to jail. Well, that guy doesn't live in this district. How he picked Jesse's kid, I have no idea. And I'm going to say that those commercials, I'm no I'm no political That's hack. Free speech, chief. Yeah, Come I, on. I, but free I'm saying, speech. yeah, it's if. If everybody's slugging it out in the district and somebody from outside the district wants to... Oh, I'm not saying... You're right. You're right, Greg. But the point is, nobody sitting in that room in, was it, 1765 would anticipate somebody from New Hampshire somehow finding a way to influence the South Carolina representative. First of all, you couldn't get there. And secondly, you're going to show up with... You're going to take take the trip by yourself with thousands of dollars in your pocket and, and, and grease it around once you get down there? I mean, I don't, I don't see how anybody could have anticipated that. Just saying. Now whether, no, not at all. Now, now, whether any cure I come up with is worse than the disease, that's very possible, right? You might just want to say, uh, every time somebody gets a dime, they got to tell somebody where it came from or something like that. You might just come down on disclosure. But definitely it's an issue, I think. What was the Illinois election? Uh, where was it something like 80% of the money came from outside the district last year? I'm not going. Oh, we're here. Was it was somewhere oh, north, who's, who's north shore, somewhere. A, I was going to say, who's a who's a high profile guy, a person that's in Congress? I mean, I can't really think of any of them. No, it was it was a very contested no. election. There was, was yeah, yeah. This, was it the South suburb? Um, no, it was some, somewhere where almost all the money came from outside the district. You know, I, I, yeah, I, 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 you know, and, I, and that I, I have a, I have a real problem with that. But you can't. But then again. You know, you, if you start placing all kinds of restrictions, uh, a couple of things happen. You're, you know, the restrictions. You're either, you know, you're being biased against a certain group, or you're trying to, you know, it automatically comes across as you're trying to manipulate things for your own benefit. Um, and then, you know, and then the other, the other side of it is, I really, you know, yeah, you, you gotta hate. Um, 
and I don't think it, this is much of a problem in Illinois, but I know it's a big problem in the South because we had different values down there and you would have people you know, from the North telling us how to live our lives all the time. Uh, and telling you know, and, and you know, a whole busload of people from New York coming down to Tennessee to, you know, protest for pro-abortion type things. You know, it, 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 everybody's not only are, is everybody you know want everybody to live the way that they do near them, but they want to impose their their way of life on everybody else. Well, you also can't you know, be, and, a, it's the, and it's the loudest people that are doing that as well. But like I said, I just. I, I was reading the news in the cab on the way out here to the airport, you know, and, and I saw that they, you know, that, that they're going to solidify abortion rights in, in Ohio, which is great. And then they showed up, which, which I think is fine. If that's what the people of Ohio want, and that's what the majority of voters want, that's great. That's their state. Um, it, it's no skin off my butt. But they showed a whole bunch of protesters, um, and, and I'll guarantee, I would love to have walked around and, and done a survey of where all these people were from. I don't. You know, I just you get kind of an. You know ad, what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. an ad, it's an odd view you get of that kind of stuff. Not you personally, but yeah. on, the one, on the one hand, you you like the idea of you know some some element of states' rights. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. But by the and, same and token, I think it, yeah, well, and, and so, I think things would be run better because you would have a bunch of well, small companies. I do. I think. Well, I'm saying you, you asked, to, the, to, you to asked a the question about Iraq earlier yeah where you said and and the response you got was they're kind of being run locally um more than and there's a national government but it's being run more locally that that's what uh, that's what we're supposed to be and people in tennessee are not the same as people in oregon and they, they have different things that they want in life um you know and and let them live their lives that way i would uh yeah. just we don't i don't usually get into the uh, abortion issue but uh, mm-hmm. two things that I actually was doing some stuff for the CBO. Um, <laughs> you know, this is, I was the CBOE when I was on the board, and two things yeah. I, I was chairman of the marketing committee. So they had mm-hmm. a shindig in New York, and I had to go. Had to go. Uh, actually, I had to go for a World Series game. They had, they had one of the skyboxes, mm-hmm. the old Yankee Stadium, which really weren't a skybox. They're behind the grandstand, you know, so you really couldn't see much of the game. But they had TVs and the good show and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, actually one of those fascinating evenings I ever spent because it was right after the long-term capital. It's going to turn into a long story. Right after the long-term capital thing, and I was trading the OEX, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden one morning, you know, the market was all concerned about the Russian debt and long-term capital. And on a Friday morning. The Fed lowered the. They did lower the dis. They did something in the middle of the morning on expiration Friday, which they never do, and yet they mm-hmm. did. And the market was down and turned around and had this massive rally, and all this stuff was going around, was going bad. So I was really short, a lot of puts. And I traded mostly puts. I stood next to the put broker. Um, I was mostly short, but I always smelled a rat. Well, except for the '87 crash, I usually sniffed out a rat pretty good. So I had just I had a bunch of these out of money out of the money calls that you know you looked at my position I mean you're like why did you need these on Friday I mean we're never going there and all of a sudden this happened and the market takes its race to the upside and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I was trading pretty well so I made some money trading but my my core position lost like six hundred grand or some massive number which I you know mm-hmm. but. The calls that I had bought, that I just bought them just in case of Armageddon to the upside, made like six hundred thousand ten bucks. <laughs> it was it was exactly even. 
<laughs> so I actually <laughs> made somebody trade and, and didn't get carried out feet first. But I actually did see a lot of my friends get carried out feet first. Several of my friends get fer- carried out feet first because that's not so, something you would never anticipate. And, I mean, if you'd have bought a, a hundred lot of puts at 10 bucks or something, thinking you're going to sell them at 10 and an eighth, two minutes later they were worthless. And that's a hundred grand. Yeah. And uh, so these guys, one of the guys from one of the firms, it might have been uh, the dear departed Bear Stearns or somebody, said they, they knew an OEX guy, trader, meaning me, was coming mm-hmm. was coming to the shindig, and they asked me to ask you how bad people in the, in the pit got hurt because they're concerned about it because they essentially did it on purpose. They told some people who were down money, maybe long-term capital or somebody, the same thing in Casablanca when a guy wanted to get on the plane, you know, put it on on red or whatever. They essentially yeah. gave they essentially gave those guys the morning to get their money back, and so they wouldn't be bothering the Fed. And we're a little bit concerned, a very little bit, on basically who would hurt on the other side. That's why from this day forward, I have entrusted these guys. The reason why I have this this mistrust, Russell, I, I have this mistrust. And, and, and I think it's legit. I, got, uh, I totally, no, I, I, I totally understand that. I totally get that. Anyway, back to the, yeah. back to the story yeah. was I had to fly from there to San Francisco because we were supposed we the CB we was thinking about buying the Picos. Remember that? So yes. it was so that's a long flight, and I kept looking out the window, going, it took me six hours, but I just crossed like basically fifty states. You can't have marijuana life in prison in, in prison on the right side of the plane and, and it be a misdemeanor on the left it just doesn't work the country's not that big you know so somewhere I think this abortion thing and I'm Catholic and I have my opinions about it I mean everybody knows what they are mm-hmm. but but I don't treat it like that it's a, it's a secular issue someplace somewhere we have to determine okay an abortion the day before birth that's probably not a good idea uh, does anybody really have no, a problem? not at all. Does anybody I mean, really have a problem with a, with yeah. a morning after pill? I'm going to say no. Not even well, some Catholics maybe, but most people no. no. All right, we need we need to find a date. Be it 12 weeks, 14 weeks, something. Pick the number and just go with it. I mean, you know, three months. You know, you're pregnant. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I as much as I don't want to be the person in that room, I don't want to be part of the discussion. I don't know that you can be throwing doctors in jail in one state, and if you cross a line, it's all okay. It, that's not healthy either. No, not at all. No. As to what the solution is, you know, I'm not. I'm not the guy. I mean, I just. But but real quick, we have a break. Is you talk about these companies giving money to people? And it's why I I will argue sometimes against the uh, term limit stuff. Not that I think it's a bad idea. I just think it, if you did it. You basically sit on your fanny for 10 years to see if it works. We need to do more than that. And secondly, mm-hmm. and secondly, the drug companies, if the Schumers, if the McConnells, if the Pelosi's, if the top 15, 20 people in Congress that are getting like a real lot of the money, if all of a sudden they're all out of there, you're going to see what happened to Jesse Jackson's kid. The, you know, they're, they're going to start paying people. Oh, yeah. They're going to start paying people further down the chain. They're, they're, they're going to get their influence somehow. You've got to either stop the influence peddling but the term limits is just—it's just a you know—it's a—it's a scab on somebody's ass. That's that—that's not a solution. If if this is what you're trying to stop, it just means people start paying people younger. Is all right? Yeah, yeah. And you and I have been traders. Whenever somebody comes up with a rule, the first thing you do is think of the workaround, right? 
Oh yeah, no, and and you know they change, they yep, you know, they come out and they change all the camp, campaign finance rules for the next election yeah. or, or whatever. Everybody's going to figure out the way to work. I mean, if I know sure. Nancy Pelosi and can't come back in, and you and I are the head of Merck or Pfizer or Boeing, what are we going to say? Well, stop giving her money. We'll, who do we give it to now? Who's going who's going to be in charge? Right? It's our first. It's yeah. our first discussion, isn't it? You know, we, here here's what we ought to do to Congress. We ought to. And, and of course, we don't have the power to do this, but this is—I I love my idea um, right here. Uh, we should tell them they get one of two things: they have to do term limits, or they're—but uh, they're not allowed to—but uh, they're allowed to trade their own stocks, or they got to stop trading stocks and using all the information they have. Um, but they don't—but um, no term limits. Which one do you think they choose? <laughs> well, I don't—I don't have a. I'm going to go back to a Milton Friedman thing, and we go back to open outcry. If all yeah. these guys, if all these guys could trade, and yet they had yeah. to, they had to use a firm that was Russell Rhodes brokerage firm dealing with, and the only customers you had were people in Congress, and your broker had to walk in the pit. Everybody knew who the guy was they're trading against. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have that anymore. SP futures up three. Nasdaq futures up two. The market's got some momentum here. I don't see a seller anywhere, uh, at least not this moment. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jocks. I'm tomorrow with Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up two and a quarter. 
NASDAQ futures down two and a quarter. So a little mirror image there going. Dow futures up 28. I'm looking at the stacks and the Dow that are trading before the opening. I have I have Amgen up buck 43. That's about it. Everybody else is uh, just kind of languishing here. Uh, I'm not sure why that is today, but we're actually really slow the last two days. Uh, even though we were up yesterday in the, in the uh, significantly in the uh, Nasdaq. DAX up 40.3 percent. FTSE up one. Call that flat. Back around up 24.3, so they're up a little bit more than the last time we went through this. Definitely all green. Asia, <laughs> Russell uh, comment on this, Nikkei down 105.3%, Hang Seng down 101.6, so they've gone from 18,000 back to 17,568 like the last couple days. Shanghai down 4, 3,052, and the, the big driver over there this week was Monday, uh, Korea, South Korea was up 5% because they put a rule in you can't sh short sell stock. And all of a sudden, it's it's given back half of those gains by now Wednesday. So it's kind of odd, but that's what happened. Uh, U.S. yesterday, Dow 56, S&P up 12, NASDAQ up 121. So NASDAQ had a pretty busy day yesterday with the individual stacks. Like I said, Microsoft and the, the Magnificent 7 were did all the work, all the work to the upside. Bonds unchanged, 4.56. The Bund minus 3 basis points, 2.63. Japan down 3 basis points, 0.85. Uh, oil, and this is uh, this is bizarre. Again, down 87 cents, 76.50. That's another one percent. Brent down 83 cents, 80.78. Natural gas down five cents, 309. Arbob unchanged, 215. Gold down 440, 19.69. Uh, the run to 2000 is over at least for the moment. Silver down a penny, 22.57. Again, a great sell at 23.25. Did I do it? No. Uh, copper unchanged, 367. Uh, crypto. Bitcoin down 269, 35,354. The dollar is uh, up a little, so it's actually made back some of the losses the other day. The euro back to 106.6 and the pound at 122.6, so kind of right in the middle of that range again. Uh, Greg, what do you got for us? Traffic Weather Sports. Good morning, everyone. 7.36 right now in Chicago. 50 degrees right now, 61 today. Cloudy with a few showers. Phoenix, 60 degrees right now, 79 today. Uh, bright sunshine. Traffic, inbound Kennedy from Montrose is 52 minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook, 90 minutes. Ike from Wolf is 49 minutes. Inbound Ryan from 95th to the Interchange, 40 minutes. And the Stevenson from 294 to the Rhine is 52 minutes. Sports, we got the Coyotes beating the Kraken at home. That was 3-4. Big Ten, Indiana and Michigan win. And Big East, DePaul loses to uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne. That was... Uh, Fort Wayne 82, DePaul 74. That's all I got, Chief. Back to well, you know, they're already starting putting the, the trailers out there and everything in my soldier field for the huge Bears versus, uh, is this the, bat the battle of the number one draft picks, even though the Bears have both picks? The Monsters of the Midway? Yeah, they're playing what? The, the Carolina, right? See. And the, the Bears have their pick, and they're the two worst teams in football. <laughs> well, I'll be cheering for Carolina because uh, fantasy. Oh, God. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, Russell, I, I have all kinds of questions for you. You mentioned the, uh, the oil stuff, and the world's kind of slowing down. I've been going back and forth with one of the guys that I, I love to joust with. Is, uh, Kevin and I have had this uh, thing going now for probably a week or two. And I'm, I'm going to say, he'll, he'll disagree, that I, I think I have the upper hand. And uh, you can be somewhat of a referee. There's really no disagreement between uh, Kevin and I regarding which political party favors oil versus hates oil versus whatever, at least in, in the lip smacking, in the, in the words. I, I, don't, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with him about that at all because I think he's absolutely correct. 
But my, my point is, and I've been able to prove to him, I think, at about three or two levels, maybe one level to go, uh, that the industry and the pricing is, is bigger than the presidency. And that even though Trump was a big fan of oil, at least he said he was, uh, production was unchanged to maybe down a little, it was up as last year, yet it's been up a million barrels a day since Biden's been in office, despite all the rotten things he says about it. Because when Trump was there, the price got down real low. The futures traded zero to one night or below. And, and no matter what he said, you're not going to get somebody to try and produce oil when the price is 30 bucks. I mean, I don't care who you are. You could be Solomon mm-hmm. instead of Trump. Now, the price has gone up to in, in the mid-80s most of the time, which is a, is a price where just about everybody can make money. So even if Biden says he doesn't like it or no water, he can put a bag on his head. It won't make any difference. People are going to start. So I, I'm wondering if, if the lack of power, shall we say, market power by Russia and by Saudi Arabia has really more to do with, with our million barrels a day more and maybe getting a little more out of Venezuela than it does does by anything OPEC does, does or Russia. I mean, these the numbers don't lie when it comes to oil, I don't think. No, not at all. And, and the, the thing that I've, I've been trying to check about four things while we were on break and I didn't get around to it, um, I wanted to see what the copper price was doing. Um, um, I, tell you, I can help you guys it, with that. If copper's under pressure with oil, like I was talking about earlier, um, that's definitely the economy. You know, that, 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 and that just means that the whole battle between um, geopolitical risk and uh, economic forces with oil prices, that the economic forces are winning. Yeah, I mean, I... You know, uh, and, and unfortunately, um, financial market-wise, you know... copper has gone from 381 to 367. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not it, overly over the shocked month, that it's lower. Over one month, it's probably two cents higher, three sixty-five to three sixty-seven. Okay. It's at the low low end of the last year's range. Would you say that, Greg? Yeah. So last, uh, if you go back a full year, it was probably three eighty-five, and now it's three sixty-seven. With a spike so around four twenty-five in, uh, yeah, in February. It did. It did rally a whole bunch as uh, as. What what happened? I was going to say that. What, what between that was the you look at the same graph I am between February of uh, that was the two, Ukraine war, wasn't it? Two thousand twenty three, where it was three fifty three seventy. It went in like a month. It went to four twenty five, four twenty nine. Well, it I I think it rallied on the anticipation of China reopening, and you know they were finally going to do away with the COVID restrictions and and get back to work. And they did away with the COVID restrictions, but uh, a lot of firms that source stuff out of China have looked elsewhere to do so. And so, you know, they, I think the demand, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm just without having hard numbers, so nobody take this as fact, but you've got to assume that the weakness in both oil and in copper uh, is due to a lack of demand out of the, you know, out of people, from people who need raw materials to make stuff, and that's China. Yeah. What? Uh, and, they, and they've got. And, and this is. I mean, I, I think this is one of many things that are going to fall apart uh, as as China starts to fall apart. Well, how are we? How are we? Who are, who are the first guys? Uh, the real estate. The second biggest one that had all kinds of problems, and they they went under. And they're trading like a buck. Uh, Evergrande yeah, or Evergrande, and then and and everybody then, says. Every, everybody said. One? Everybody said. Oh, don't worry about these guys. The other one at uh, the the Garden Place, uh, something Garden. 
they said, oh, but the other places, uh, they're not, they're not in, in that kind of trouble. They're like, how much bigger than Evergrande? A lot bigger. That's the one you got to watch. And all of a sudden, those guys manage to make an interest payment, and then all of a sudden, say they bag it. They don't make the next one, right? So now they're in receivership, and they're, mm-hmm. and, and somehow or another, the, the you know the Chinese market hangs in there. I mean, the Hang Seng is all over the place, but and you know, and, and you look at our stuff, and we have every year or so or six months, Congress gets a you know hair up their ass, and they go, you know, where are we going to stop the deficit stuff? And the fact is, uh, you know, from two thousand, the, the debt to GDP ratio in two thousand was fifty six percent. Now it's one twenty four. I mean, w- w- when I've heard from uh, Dan a little bit, although he has trouble, even Dan has trouble trying to figure out who exactly is 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 most at risk in this dollar-denominated Chinese debt uh, or euro-denominated Chinese debt because the government don't care about that because they go through their system that's direct and if they you know they renege on that I don't think they care. Can't be. I'm finding it very difficult to find out who exactly is in trouble and what the timing is, and when it happens. It seems like it's just swept under the rug, and the rug is getting pretty lumpy. But I, I'm wondering what's what's going to cause them to all of a sudden say these these 50 firms over here aren't getting paid. Screw you, or something, and or here. I mean, I I don't see mm-hmm. how I don't see how we are going to have a uh, you know we're up to you know, that we're going to have a trillion dollar interest on debt per year. I mean, there, there's got to be a, you know a, a, a step. Somewhere along here, where there's a there's a there's a little pothole in the roll where somebody trips. I mean, we're acting like it's not even happening, and yet, boy, oh boy, I mean, if you were short the market the last five weeks, you got your ass torn up. I mean, right? I mean, oh yeah, it's no, I, you know what, I, I am well aware. Yeah. Like, <laughs> luckily, I'm, I've, I've got some things in place that I didn't get completely killed, but I've been, I've been long the Russell 2000 and short the S and P 500 since uh, mid August. Could have been worse. Could have been accused. Yeah, I know. Could have been accused, but uh, it's just because the deviation between the two is the widest it's been since the 1990s. I'm like, and I feel like they should come to back back together at some point. Well, um, so there. Um, so okay. luckily, I mean, I'm tilted short, but luckily I got some small cap exposure that's helping me out on the long side. Okay, now you were privy to the first part of the show. Yes, um, <laughs> it was. And our, our, our buddy from uh, uh, Detroit. Joel Uncannon uh, takes maybe a more pragmatic view or something than maybe you or I. It doesn't mean he's wrong or right. It just means um, you look at the Russell and you say, the Russell, Russell, and you and you say mm-hmm. this thing can't be going down a rat hole because that's where most of the jobs, new jobs are. If that part of the economy is weak, the economy is going to be weak. And by the way, maybe the market shouldn't be so high and bonds are going to have a problem. And you you look at this very logically, and I'm going to say that the last ten years, my success in trading has been. I might look at it logically, but I sure as hell don't trade logically, Russell, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joel would say these seven or eight stocks they're going to be the country. They're so big, they're only going to get bigger. There's no antitrust. There's nothing. If you don't, if you're not involved in those guys. You can't worry about UPS going down every day because the amount of packages are dropping like a rock, if they are. Uh, these guys, you, people have to buy them. They want to buy them. They're, they're owned by these institutions, and they want them up every day. 
They're just going up, and it's a it, 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 there's a bifurcation here that's just not coming back. No, it's not. And uh, you it, know, it's just, it, yeah. But it, you know, the, the, you know what else has happened? You know, you're a history 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 buff enough. The only time ever in Chicago in, Chicago, in uh, U.S. history that we were this bifurcated, haves versus the have-nots, was in the late 1920s. <laughs> and by the yeah. way, it fixed itself, didn't it? But I'm not it so did. sure in a way it, that... It, it, it always does. That big, nasty, invisible hand um, most definitely fix that one. I, but I don't, I don't really want it that just, to happen. It, it just took forever. Here's the question. And, uh-huh. Does, is Go the ahead. deviation uh, as big between the 100 and the 500? I have not looked at that. I'm going really to say yes. Tradable, but I would, I would guess, yeah, absolutely. Because it's been such a, you know, it's been a, I, I saw a graphic the other day that showed what's been driving the market, what, what drove the market in each decade. And they, they referred to, they haven't told us what's going to lead it in the 20s yet, but in the 2010s, it was mega caps. And I know that that has continued through through this year. Um, that well, you can, you know, you can attribute a, a huge portion of the S&P 500 performance to, you know, a basket of stocks. Isn't uh, the, if you do the equally weighted S&P is down in the year, right? Yes. And that's in, in the question I just got about the, you know, the, the S&P 100 versus the S&P 500. Um, I actually, I, I like to look at the equal weighted versus the, uh, capitalization weighted to see how broad the rally has been. I, I would, it ain't been all that broad, has it? I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't guess there's that much difference between the 100 and the 500 but I think if you were to take the S&P 100 versus the remaining 400, you have a massive split. Yeah. I mean, if you did that for the top Perfect. 20 versus the other 480, I think you give a... I mean, uh, if you take these guys, the 7 out of the S&P, it's down on here, right? I've heard that. I have. I, I. I will. I would believe that. How's that? Yeah. Well, Without the, having actually run the numbers, you're giving me something to work on on my flight. Well, you know, this is uh, <laughs> talk, talk about talk about hitting hitting kind of close to home. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, I run a protected index program, and I do this stuff for other people in, in addition to PTI, uh, where people want protection or need it, maybe retired or whatever. I put various degrees of of uh, hedging basically on somebody's portfolio. So it's not a one-to-one, you know, goes up five bucks, you win five, goes down five, you lose five. We, we try and assess what the person wants and needs, and we modify that risk-reward. Now, sometimes, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously if it goes straight up every day, I mean, if you never get an accident, you really don't want car insurance, right? Same thing. It actually is totally the same thing. But my, what I'm saying is normally when we first started this, Russell, back in the 90s, there was one ETF. We did the S&P. And then there was two. Yeah. We did the S and P. We did the Qs, and we we kept meticulous records of all that stuff. And but you know you were beating the market. You weren't beating the market. Blah blah blah. Well, now I have had I have all kinds of clients. That first thing we do is we have a discussion based on you know what index do you want to be in, and the people who are in the in the Russell, which I think is actually down on the year, we're doing way better than it Russell. Is, well, we're doing yeah. way better than Russell because we had put protection and we sold calls against it and we're doing a lot better. S&P has, has been up some but not horribly, horribly so even with the calls out there we're maybe chasing a little bit but still having a really good year. Uh, the Qs, we, we, we got overrun. I mean, the Qs are up 30 and we, we maybe were up 
10 or 12 or something, which is still a good year, but not when the thing's up. Because there's no way, I mean, we've got, we've got some calls that are $40 in the money. You know, we keep trying to inch them up a buck or two every, every few weeks, and, you know, and eventually we'll catch it because that's what we're good at. But the, the difference in, the, in your return anywhere, not just here, even if you weren't hedged, the difference in which index you picked over the year, it's not supposed to be like that, Russell, where you're down in one and up 30 in the other. I, I don't think that's healthy, but, you know, I guess no, it's... And the divergence we've had this year has been extreme yeah. compared to... Um, I, I mean, I, I've, I've gone back, and I think 98 was the last time we really had this kind of divergence, and that was in 98, 99, and that was the Internet bubble where, you know, um, the NASDAQ was up a ridiculous amount. But the... the Small caps were small caps did okay as well, not as not as good as you would hope, but just they did okay because a lot of small cap companies went public and rallied up a bit. I've got the so, chart up if you guys want to. Yeah, know go ahead. The, so the go I ahead. think the equal weight is called RSP, and that's an Invesco uh, ETF. So RSP is uh, is under the S and P five hundred by about two percent. And then yeah. at 100, it outperforms uh, the SPX by about 4%. Okay. So, so there's a, the 100s in first place. That's like 6% above over the past year. The S&P's in the middle at about like 1.75. And the uh, Russell, or no, the RSP, excuse me, the equal weight is minus 2%. 2.86 percent. Yeah. Over the. I guess I could toss in the Russell too. Give me a second here. Stand by. All right. Yeah, toss it in. Sure. Um, but and while you're saying that, the equal weighted. My understanding is the equal weighted outperforms um, on a pretty consistent basis. Except which this just year. makes sense because small cap because small caps outperform large caps on a pretty the, consistent basis. The too. equal weight performed better. It looks like it from January last November. I'm looking at a year, all the way until <clears throat> three fifteen, so or three sixteen. At which point, both the S and P five hundred and S and P one hundred got started. Started. Well, that's when these big stacks started rallying. Uh, okay. Yeah. What was I going to add? I don't know. You said you were going to add something. Yeah, I was going to add something. You were talking. You were talking about looking. Oh, at the Russell. 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 Yeah. Russell. Let's see where the yeah. Russell falls. How on. could you forget that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna it's do, my favorite index. I'm going to use the uh, IWA. You guys have any, you guys have, well, just to fill here, you guys have no idea Russell how much is down Russell, Ru- Russell swag I have because everybody wants to give it to me when they go to conferences. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, uh, so Russell's in last. Sorry, Russell. <laughs> yep. We're, you're That's down. okay. I'm used to that. A, I live in a house full of women where I'm always the last one to be thought of. Yeah, the 100 Which, versus the the Russell over the past year, 100 is up 5%, and the Russell is down 7.3%. Well, yeah, we're not talking about one guy's making 12, the other guy's making 10. We're talking about one up and Although one I down. Think we might start oh, yeah. No, down. And, it, it's just, and, you know, like you said, the the, uh, the NASDAQ, you know, is still up around 30%, yeah, although yeah. most of that came from the first half of this year. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know. So my, I guess my, my question to you, and this is this, if you can answer this, this will be the day where market will be up and I'll be buying puts and the next day I'll be rich or something. I don't know, but um, <laughs> our man Greg on, on the, on the Russell board. Russell hasn't been hasn't outperformed since August of 2018. Wow. I know. I know. that it, it, there, There's some really extreme divergence with the Russell versus 
the S&P 500. And that's exactly why I'm long the Russell and short the S&P 500. That gap's got to narrow at some point. Well, Russell, our, our man Greg does some of the wackiest things. One, one, mm-hmm. of, one of which is um, I, I, I turned him on to this US debt, US debt clock.org, which is Fascinating page because now they keep adding more and more. So chief gets turned on. So he he pulls. Well, you know, every time I go on there, they got a new thing on there, so I got to research it. <laughs> but Russell pulls out his stopwatch. Of course, in this this Greg. day of, or Greg pulls yeah. out his stopwatch. Now, of course, he doesn't use the regular stopwatch we have here in the place. He uses his phone, which you know, it's I guess there's something to be said for that. But anyway, so he figured where we we started knocking off a million dollars of new debt. Was it, Greg, every 42 seconds? Yeah, it was 41 seconds before, and now it's like 31 and a half seconds so, in just a few months. Yeah, this has been in a couple months. <clears throat> so my question to you, yeah. uh, Russell, is we see this happening. We see Congress doing their stuff. We see the president, and, and he's going to come out with some other spending program that's going to save money in, in the end, and then if Trump gets back yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Gonna, they're going to cut taxes and say they're going to end up with more money than they started, and you know, which is all... Such BS, I can't even go there. But um, what's what's going to turn? What what is other than a total disaster, which you know Carl is thinking might happen? Uh, what what's going to turn the thing around to all of a sudden a guy like Reg is going to time it two years from now and it's going to be fifty seconds or maybe sixty seconds or maybe two minutes? Inflation. Or, or, <laughs> well, but but that and, and but that's only going to that's only going to impact it on a real basis. That's not going to impact it on a you know on a, on the number that we see basis. But on a real basis, it will get better. But but, uh, it, but in two thousand, I'm looking at this debt to GDP. Uh-huh. If, if you and I were, were you know we probably knew each other in two thousand, but if we're sitting there having an adult beverage, and I were to mm-hmm. say, Russell, you're the you're the, uh, the, the you know the big shot economist here, if well, what do you see if the debt to GDP, which, by the way, from 1980, it was 34, and in 2000, it was 55. So it wasn't like people weren't already concerned about it. If I were to right. say to you, what happens if we get to 124? This is debt to GDP, okay? I'm going to say you would have said, Chief, what are you talking about? If we get to 70, we're screwed. Or 75, somebody somebody yeah, would have to do I something. Would, I know and, and, and that debt-to-GDP number was the number that always made me feel kind of okay about the situation. You right. know what I mean? That, that it, you know, in, in relative terms, it wasn't terrible. But even, even you know, using that um, metric, it's terrible now. Well, but I mean, if you were, so if you were, in, got, if you were yeah, on national it, TV, gonna, I would say, mm-hmm. and of course, if I wouldn't be me on there, it would be some attractive young lady. And I'd, Mr. Rhodes, uh, in 2000, your prediction was if this number got to 75, we'd be screwed. And here we are. By the way, I'm making a fortune here, doing nothing on CNBC, and uh, and uh, every looks, everything looks good to me. The retail sales are up. Blah blah blah. How could you be so wrong? You know. I mean, what do you say to yourself? I'm, what do you say? I'm wrong more often than I'm right. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I get that part, and you're not afraid to yeah. say it. Neither am I. But the point is, what what is your answer? You said at 75 we'd have a problem. Here we are at 124. Guess what? I don't have a problem. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? I mean, wh- wh- where, did, where does it start? I mean, obviously, I think we're seeing it in the in the middle and lower classes pretty dramatically, but nobody cares about them, really. I mean, no. no. And, uh, so wh- wh- when does it reach a stage where it, it, it affects the good-looking male or female sitting on the desk at CNBC? When 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 is it going home and, and stick them in the behind? Is is it, is it sticking everybody else? 
uh, it, they'll be the last ones that it happens to for sure. And you know, it, it again, it's it's it'll start. It, it's already impacting a lot of people, and and I don't think they they put two and two together and understand you know where the negative implications are coming from in their personal lives. Um. Yeah. You know, it's ca- it's causing inflation. Um, you know, and and eventually, you know, there are people that do rely on uh, rely on the government for their you know month to month expenses. And what happens when that stops? You know, when when that cash flow stops to people that really need that cash flow from the government. By the way, did you uh, like that. did you? Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. And we should have talked about it. We had obviously better stuff to talk about, or at least we uh-huh. thought we did. I sent you an article. Uh, we got only got a minute here, uh, and I know you're uh-huh. at the airport. I sent you an article regarding the. I'll use the term whatever, whatever class, whatever class you think you're in. Uh, that sounds so horrible. But, but oh, then nobody can really. Yeah. But but I mean you're but for those Russell he and his wife both work. She's in the medical business. Terrific. They've got the the, the girls that are going to college. They're worried about paying for that. They've got the house in the suburbs. Um, yeah, we're right at the we're, we're we're right at the you know the very end of kids costing me money. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is <laughs> yeah. Well, my my point is this article basically detailed that on a percentage basis, people like you, meaning the the two income, nice house, couple of nice cars, kids going to college, uh, you're not you're not rich, but you're okay. This is affecting you on a percentage basis more than it is somebody making somebody working at McDonald's. Because everything has gone up. Your taxes, your the cars have doubled or gone up by thirty. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's your insurance on the house. Everything you deal with is is gone up probably faster than your salaries. Yeah, it most definitely. And and I honestly, to make ends meet, I I do a lot of side consulting work. Yeah, I'm saying, I, I, and, I, and and it's and it, I enjoy it, but I. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm putting in about 60, 70 hours a week, right? Between being a professor and doing some consulting for some of the exchanges. And we would have an issue if I wasn't doing the consulting work. But then again, you know, I got two kids, yeah. uh, one in private school, one in college. So, you know, we're, I'm spending a lot more than I have to as well. But I'm saying people look at... If, if all of a sudden I lost all of my jobs, I can pull my kid out of the private school and send her to the public high school where I live. You know, there are things that I do that... You know, I understand that are <laughs> that are more expensive than other people. Well, you still, but I'm saying, it, but it, the it idea starting, that it is starting to it is yeah. starting to affect people higher up the income chain. And, You're and, seeing it. Yeah. it. There's just more people that seem to be living check to check than in the past. That's right. Well, Russell, uh, yeah. fly safe, buddy. Enjoy yourself down in Miami. Stay off South Beach. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll be. I'm coming back tonight. I'm not even spending the night. So. All right, buddy. T- I, I can't get in any trouble. All right. Have a good even one. If I, I want to. I might have to tap on you. Uh, next couple of weeks, Lou's gonna be out for a couple. Lou is taking a okay. cruise. Get a load of this. I'm giving him no one to grief. He's always wanted to take a, a Central American tour where they go through the Panama Canal. Well, not a canal. Oh, does cool. the canal doesn't have enough water, so they're making people wait like days to get through the thing because they better cut the capacity of the canal like by half or something. The lake that, that that fills up the locks is it's a drought and it's and they can't take that much water out of the lake. It's all screwed. Yeah, up. no. It's anyway, take care of yourself. SP yeah. Futures up three. Nasdaq Futures up one. Yeah. Probably have another update. We will see. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. 
trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProdirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. HomeSource Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.